Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's plate this dish on a Wednesday, September 20th and a Thursday, September 21st. It is another edition of Locked On Lions, your team every day, your Detroit Lions every day. As we bring you the best coverage of the Detroit Lions podcast, radio, wherever you want to go to listen to Lions coverage, opinions, news, you get it right here on Locked On Lions. Matt Derry with you on a crossover Wednesday. We'll talk to Aaron Freeman, Locked On Falcons host. Do a little crossover podcast coming up in a little bit. Right here on Locked On Lions. Thank you for listening on Audioboom.com, on iTunes. If you subscribe on iTunes or if you're listening on iTunes, leave a review. Leave a review on iTunes with your Twitter handle on the review, and you'll be up for a possibility of winning a prize of a one-year subscription to Pro Football Focus. Yes, the folks from PFF are teaming up with the Locked On Podcast Network. It's a $40 value, $39.95. If you want to leave a review on iTunes, Put your Twitter handle on there. It will be thrown into a hat, and we'll give away a, a, a pro football-focused subscription for a year to one of the lucky winners who participates in the review uh, review process on iTunes. Again, we'll talk to Aaron Freeman in a little bit. Matt Derry with you on this Wednesday into Thursday. Got some news, certainly, to go over. The Lions have made a transaction today and have added a familiar face while waving a guy that had a very good training camp in preseason. We'll explain that coming up. Also, injury concerns for the Lions. we got to get into that as well. Locked on Lions for today. Proudly brought to you by Freddy's Pizza in Melvindale, right there on Allen Road, just five minutes from the Lions training facility in Allen Park. Best New York slices in America. Freddy's Pizza in Melvindale. Check them out online at freddythepizzaman.com. And by Lenhard Financial Services. For all your investing and retirement planning needs, Call my pal Tim Lenhard at 313-417-3805 or go to Lenhard, L-E-N-H-A-R-D-F-S dot com. All right, first things first. The Lions today have brought back defensive end George Johnson, the former Lion who had a big season in 2014. He was kind of picked up off the scrap heap by then-general manager Martin Mayhew, played in all 16 games, made the team, uh, played in those 16 games, had 26 tackles, six sacks, and a fumble recovery, and then got paid spending the next three years with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before the Bucs uh, released him at the start of the season. George Johnson, excuse me, um, now is back with the Lions. He was an undrafted rookie free agent out of Rutgers. It was a great story. And the Lions have brought George Johnson back, and they have waived defensive end Alex Barrett, who was active the first two weeks was a guy, the undrafted rookie free agent out of uh, San Diego State, that had a, a pretty big impact very early in training camp, played pretty well in the preseason, and made the team uh, coming out of camp and coming out of uh, the, the exhibition campaign. Alex Barrett, you would think, if you're the Lions, 
Um, they're hopeful that he'll clear waivers, go through the process, and then come back and be on the team's practice squad. I think I think this kid has a future in the NFL and did a pretty good job of rushing the passer, both during training camp and in some of the preseason games. But I think the Lions feel like they can upgrade at that defensive end position with George Johnson, a guy that is familiar with the system, familiar with Jim Caldwell and um, uh, things of that nature, as Caldwell will say, and Terrell Austin. And so my guess is that this this might have been an opportunity for the coaching staff once they saw that Johnson was waived by the Bucks to go up to the front office and say, hey, listen, you know, this is a guy that we like. This is a guy that had success here with six sacks just a few years ago. Bring him back. And that's exactly what the Lions are going to do as a George Johnson. Now in year number six in the NFL, uh, we'll come back to the Lions. As far as uh, the injury report today, Jim Caldwell, um, you know, didn't want to get into too much today. Wanted to wait until the report was put out this afternoon and it was posted a few minutes ago. Linebacker Jared Davis did not practice today. Neither did Travis Swanson, Dwayne Washington, or Tavon Wilson. Ziggy Ansa limited practice today with a knee. And Joe Dahl limited practice with a lower leg injury. The big news is that Jared Davis, the Lions officially say, is in concussion protocol. And due to being in concussion protocol, uh, didn't practice today. The writers that were at practice today said it was a hot, sunny day out there. But Davis was out there at least. Some players, when they're under the concussion protocol, stay inside, don't want to be anywhere near the sun or some bright light. So I guess the good news is that Davis was at least out there with his teammates standing around, but he didn't practice. Uh, Lions are playing the Falcons, okay, on Sunday. That is the best team, I think, in the NFL right now. And I know New England struggled in week one. I know they beat the Falcons last year in the Super Bowl. But you watch what Atlanta brings to the, to the party here. As a tribe radio guy, Tom Hamilton said last night, Matt Ryan, Devontae Freeman, uh, Tevin Coleman, you know, Julio Jones, Sanu, Gabriel, Hooper, they're loaded. All right, they're absolutely loaded. And then the, on defense, I know they're going to not have Vic Beasley, the NFL sack leader from a year ago, but they're loaded on defense. True Font back there in the secondary, they got really, really good players. And don't forget about Alex Mack, their center. With that being said, um, if Jared Davis doesn't play and is, is concussed and isn't cleared and is not playing on Sunday, I find it very hard to believe that the Detroit Lions are going to win that football game. Now, I'm not saying that Jared Davis is the entire defense, and I'm not saying that Ziggy can't have a big game and everything else. And, uh, and we'll talk to Aaron Freeman about the Falcons' perspective, but I think it's a major drop-off anytime you lose either Jared Davis or Tyher Whitehead. Um, not that I'm saying Whitehead is great. But the other day with Warlow out there, he struggled. Jalen Reeves-Maben, who's a rookie, uh, is just a rookie. The Lions aren't real deep at linebacker. And it was last year where they were really bad at linebacker, even with a healthy DeAndre Levy and a healthy Tiger Whitehead. There just wasn't enough guys to make plays there. And if Hooper's going to come out of that tight end spot in the slot or lined up on the line, who's going to guard him? Lions are still having issues guarding tight ends. We've seen that the first two weeks. Evan Ingram running free down the middle of the field for a touchdown for the Giants. Uh, you know, Warlow getting beat on a play uh, on Monday night. So no Jared Davis. If, that, if he doesn't play on Sunday against Atlanta, that'll be, that'll be a tough, tough uh, road for the Lions to try to win that football game. Travis Swanson's got an ankle injury. Uh, didn't practice today. That's another spot where the Lions have been very, very solid in the middle and to the right, of the, right side of that offensive line. I think Travis Swanson's gotten a lot better. Um, that would shift Glasgow, I guess, to center and Joe Dahl to left guard. Not a lot of depth there either. 
So those are two very key guys that the Lions need back. Uh, Dwayne Washington, a quad, didn't practice today. If he's out, expect Zach Zenner to play in his spot. And then Tavon Wilson, a shoulder. I'm not that concerned about him. Uh, you know, I think Miles Killebrew is coming on as the as the second best safety on this team, not named Glover Quinn. The best safety on this team, not named Glover Quinn. So we'll keep an eye on it the rest of the week. Jared Davis not practicing today due to a concussion, and that is uh, that's a guy that the Lions you know must have out there, in my opinion, uh, if they're going to win this football game. He is he's a really good player. He's a rookie. I know that he's going to make his share of mistakes, but boy oh boy, you want you want Jared Davis out there. Um, you know, if you're the Lions, hey, I gotta ask you, I gotta tell you about my guy, Freddie the Pizza Man, Freddie's Pizza in Melvindale. So many people and so many folks, especially in the Detroit sports media that have covered the Lions, have headed have headed over to 17900 Allen Road in Melvindale, and they've gone in there and they've walked in and they've said, Freddie, hashtag Who wants goulash? All right, Freddie the Pizza Man's pizza is unbelievable. It's New York style, the old school uh, spicy pepperoni. I love the the, the pepperoni and sausage. Uh, my man Tom Mazaway always gets the cheese only, but it's the goulash that just separates Freddie from from the pack. The noodles, the meat, the veggies that are in there, uh, uh, the onions, the peppers, the sauce. If you've not had the old style goulash, uh, the Italian goulash, it's incredible. And that's what they make at Freddie the Pizza Man's. Pizza shop each and every day at seventeen nine hundred Allen Road. You want to open up? You want to order quickly uh, and run over there for lunch and grab something to go? Call Freddie three one three three eight three sixty two seventy nine. Freddie's got a little deal for you as well. If Ziggy Ansah gets two sacks on Sunday against the Falcons, or Amir Abdullah runs for a hundred yards, the first ten people that come into Freddie's on Monday, they're getting a free slice. You're getting a free slice of pizza. From Freddy's, if that takes place, you tell him, hey, I heard on the Lockdown Lions show, where's my free slice? Abdullah ran for 100 yards or Ziggy had two sacks. Freddy the Pizza Man in Melvindale, 313-383-6279, open for lunch and catering. Place an order today, 17900 Allen Road, Melvindale, Michigan. Best pizza in the t- in town, the best goulash in the world. Freddy, F-R-E-D-I, thepizzaman.com. Let's do a little crossover. All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons and Lions. I am your host, Aaron Freeman. I am joined today by Matt Derry, the the host of the Locked On Lions podcast. We're doing a crossover pod talking Falcons-Lions in week three of the NFL regular season. So, Matt, uh, welcome to my show, and I, I hope you extend the same to me on your show. <laughs> yes, indeed, Aaron Freeman. Great to, uh, great to talk to you, my friend. Uh, Lions and Falcons and what should be a uh, a whale of a football game. All of a sudden, uh, the marquee matchup for Sunday, it's kind of ironic that Chris Myers, who, who I love and is a friend of the podcast and, uh, and was a friend of the radio show back in the day, Chris is like, he and Moose Johnston are kind of the fourth team here, Aaron, for broadcast at Fox, and they're doing the game. This is not the Joe Buck game, but maybe it should be. Who knew in week three this would be such a uh, a delectable matchup, but it is. It's kind of exciting. Yes, yes, definitely. And it's it's interesting because... You know, the Falcons 2017 season is really sort of about proving to people that, you know, last year wasn't a fluke and, and they can get over the, the sort of unlucky way, if you if you want to term it that way, their season ended. But it looks like with the Lions, they're trying to even even though they made the playoffs last year, they're still in the uh, on the journey to try to gain some sort of respect around the league and prove that they are a legitimate contender in the NFC. 
No, I think you're right, and I think for the Lions, and, and I've talked about it all week, uh, I've been very impressed with what they've done. They've been very workmanlike. Going back to training camp, there's been no distractions. A couple of suspensions to some guys that took some you know, performance-enhancing drugs or, or, or whatever, what, not, not PEDs, but um, you know, things that violated the league's substance abuse policy, probably marijuana, Kyrie Thornton, and Armonte Bryant, a couple of defensive linemen that they could use. But other than that, the, the D-line minus those guys and kind of shorthanded, especially with Ziggy uh, Ansa in week one not being all that healthy, um, has been fine. And they've got, they've got a couple of guys that have been rushing the passer and getting the job done. The, the D-tackles have stopped the run. Um, and it's been – they're kind of, Aaron, in a weird way, saving the sports town right now because the Tigers are, are, are just absolute booty. The Pistons, the Pistons and Wings are not going to be very good either. Although the Pistons might make the playoffs, but there's no buzz. And so, you know, the, the Lions are kings of, ta- of the town anyway because it's the NFL. But they're actually pretty good. And Sunday should be Ford Field should absolutely be rocking. I, I guess my my question for you is with the Falcons is, like you said, hangover from last year. What what about losing the Super Bowl and choking it away? How they they seem to have been responding quite well, right? Yes, yes. Uh, a big question heading into this season, and the two big questions surrounding this team, um, it, despite the, the Super Bowl loss, was losing offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan, whether or not Steve Sarkeesian, in his real first sort of time being an NFL assistant, he had one stint as a quarterback's coach with the Raiders under North Turner 13 years ago when, when the league was a very different league. Um, so that doesn't really necessarily count too much. Whether the offense would see a significant drop-off or uh, a small one, there's probably, you know, statistically speaking, given how productive they were, it was pretty much inevitable that there would be some sort of drop-off, is just how much. And the second question was whether their defense would make the strides that they show towards the end of the season, continue that. Um, they're, they're young, athletic, fast defense. They, they, they want to have a, one of the top pass rushes in the league. And so far, both of those things, based off of this Week 2 win over Green Bay, look to be uh, things that are, are coming to fruition. And, and so things are looking up for the Falcons, uh, despite how the season ended. There's every reason to be optimistic, at, at, you know, as much as you can be in, in Week 3 of the NFL regular season, that this team is, is going to be poised to sort of have the sort of rebound season and not sort of suffer the hangover that uh, most people sort of expected from them. Aaron Freeman locked on Falcons. Matt Derry locked on Lions. A little crossover here on Crossover Wednesday. Lions and Falcons on Sunday. All right, so, I mean, you look at the team, Aaron. Let's talk about your team first, then we'll get to the Lions. But, um, you know, Matt Ryan is going to get paid. He's going to get more money than Stafford. They're, They're good friends. Stafford talked about it today how the wives even get along and they like to hang out. Um, how's he looked the first two weeks? Because, you know, last year he was so good and maybe people thought that he, there's no way he could do that again. Yeah, he's looked fine. You know, he hasn't been putting up, like, you know, the super ridiculous numbers. But then again, you go back to last year, the first two weeks, I don't think he was at that point in terms of the, the ridiculous numbers that led him to be an MVP candidate. But, you know, there hasn't really been any sort of drop-off from him. Um, you know, he hasn't been perfect, but no quarterback really is. Um, but, you know, he's made good decisions, been able to distribute the ball, um, been able to run around, use his legs a little bit, uh, more so than he's used to, to sort of scramble here and there and get the Falcons first down if they need to. So uh, he he's been... You know, excellent, and you're right. He's going to get that big contract next year. 
Um, it was something that they might have done this year to sort of get a better price. But now that Derek Carr and, and Matt Stafford have now signed their deals, you know, he, he could potentially, if he does wind up having a season comparable to last year and gets the Falcons to where they want to go later this uh, postseason, um, he could be the first $30 million quarterback in the NFL. Uh, so that'll be an interesting sort of situation if he continues to play at a high level. Yeah, I mean, why not, right? I mean, it's uh, he's special. I mean, and then last year was that offense just clicked so well, and that's just the biggest concern, I guess, for me in Detroit is is can the Lions slow them down? I mean, what what would it take for the Falcons' offense to not be clicking? And then, like you said, the first two games, and I know Sunday night last week against Green Bay, um, they had it going and. It doesn't really matter whether Coleman's on the field or Freeman's on the field. It's so well-balanced, isn't it? Yes, yeah. The, you know, the hallmark of the Shanahan offense last year really was their ability to spread the ball around and beat you in multiple ways. You, everybody goes into the game thinking, we got to stop Julio Jones, we got to contain Julio Jones. And, you know, a lot of teams were able to successfully do that last year, but it didn't really slow down the Falcons' offense because they're able to use their running back. They're able to run the football. with They're both running backs. They sort of treat them as interchangeable. Um, they're both big factors in the passing game. Mohamed Sanu, Taylor Gabriel really emerged from obscurity in Cleveland and, and really became one of the, the better receivers in the NFL. He, you know, if you pay attention to football outsiders, he was actually the number one uh, receiver in the league last year, according to their DVOA metric, Julio Jones was number two. Um, and it's one of those things where, like, they have an offense and they showed it against Green Bay that can sort of, you know, use multiple pieces and not have to focus primarily on one guy. But obviously, that one guy, Julio Jones, is a special player. And when he gets going, this offense is basically, you know, at nigh unstoppable in terms of their ability to, to move the ball down the field. It's interesting with the Lions offense, Aaron. Um, you know, man, week one against the Cardinals got off to such a lousy start. That was one of the ugliest quarters of football the Lions have played in a while. And it, it was a joke. They look really bad. And all of a sudden they turn it on, get a couple of uh, turnovers, force some turnovers, which was nice. And then Stafford went to work. And then, you know, this past Monday night, I'm sure you saw it. The Lions really wanted to get the ground game going. Stafford kept checking down to run plays, which is not Lion-esque at all. And here's Amir Abdullah getting 17 carries in a game, which I really liked, even against a very good Giants, you know, front seven. And um, they tried to run the football a little bit um, and did it in a, at least for the Lions, a successful way, over 130 yards. And like I said, Abdullah was over 80, wasn't a 100-yard rusher, which they haven't had in years around here, but... That's that'll be one key, I guess, on Sunday would be if the Lions can run the football and Abdullah can can stay healthy and they mix in some Theo Riddick, that would keep Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and and Freeman and those guys off the field. So we'll see if the Lions can accomplish that. I know you're going to tell me about Vic Beasley not being there, uh, rush you know rushing the quarterback. That's got to be a big loss for the Falcons this weekend, right? Yes, it, it, it is a pretty big loss because obviously people know Vic Beasley led the NFL in sacks last year with 15 and a half. Um, the, the good thing about the Falcons' defensive line, however, is that even though Vic Beasley was the league leader in sacks, you didn't always watch the Falcons play last year and come away thinking, oh, that Vic Beasley is their best player in that defensive line. There were some weeks where it was Adrian Claiborne, where some weeks where it was Grady Jarrett. And and the good thing, if, if there's if the Falcons can come away with this big Vic Beasley injury, who's got a torn hamstring, 
We don't know quite the severity of it, but they've already, you know, the reports have been that he'll miss at least a month. It, it could possibly be longer than that. Um, but the the positive thing for the Falcons if, in his absence is they do still have some good players. They have Claiborne. They have Jared Still. Brooks Reed has looked really good so far this year. Uh, they they used the number one pick on Tack McKinley, and, and this really gives an opportunity for McKinley to get sort of fill the void. He's going to be the main guy that they're going to ask to sort of take over some of those snaps uh, that Vic Beasley's uh, you know injury and, and absence uh, opens up to him. And it's going to be really sort of this. Uh, this is going to be some opportunity for him to sort of really showcase where he is as he's been at this point in time, sort of more of a, a situational guy and, and part of the rotation. Um, but it's it's going to be really important that the the Falcons can sort of attack that uh, Lions offensive line. We, you know, they, they you guys have dealt with the the injury to Taylor Decker with Greg Robinson. If you look at that offensive line you would look at Greg Robinson presumably as the biggest weakness however that's not the side of the field that Vic Beasley lines up on he he lines up on the left side of the defensive line which means he goes up against the right tackle where the Lions made a pretty significant upgrade at Ricky I'm sorry Ricky Wagner this offseason so I I think it's really going to be at least this week uh, the absence of Beasley may not make as big a difference as it could in other weeks just because if the Falcons are going to attack a weakness, it's going to be the opposite side of the field, whether Beasley was in this game or not. So it's really going to be more about uh, can Adrian Claiborne, can Tack McKinley really expose Greg Robinson and, and sort of use him as the, the weakest leak on the offensive line to sort of uh, contain Stafford and, and not allow him to do the things that he, you know, I, watching that Giants game early, watching him run around and, and making plays with his legs, was uh, not something that was completely unknown, but not quite to the degree that uh, I would have expected going into that game. No, and uh, you know, let's, let's get back to Tank McKinley for a second. I loved him on draft night when he brought the like the giant poster of his grandmother. Yes, uh, and I know some people got on him about. It. I, I thought it was really special. I, I don't know the guy was sh- that was pure emotion. I, I, I don't know. I thought it. I kind of liked it. <laughs> I know some people made fun of the guy. I don't know why, and I thought it was it was real. He had come from nothing and raised by her. I thought it was pretty cool. How has he played? He's played pretty well as a rookie. I think uh, I saw a stat earlier today from Pro Football Focus that he's like second among rookie pass rushers in terms of pressures with like six or something like that. Um, I don't think he's had a sack yet. So I, I, I the hope is that you know with the increased reps. This week and in, in the coming weeks, he'll he'll get that first NFL sack. Um, but he's looked good. He you know he's got he's got speed. He's got length. Uh, he's got a nice bull rush off the edge, and uh, it's it's just getting more, him more reps and getting him a little bit more comfortable with using his hands and whatnot to um, be able to effectively use those moves to get uh, consistent pressure. Well, you mentioned it before, Aaron, um, and this is Locked on Lions, Locked on Falcons, a little uh, crossover edition here on a Wednesday. Greg Robinson was absolutely brutal in week two, and you know, t- losing Taylor Decker on the left side as your left tackle and kind of the anchor of your offensive line, even though he was only a first-year player last year, many people thought that that would really stunt the growth of this football team, and the Lions have sort of responded uh, give Bob Quinn, the general manager, credit for going out and getting Robinson at least somebody to fill in and spending a six-round pick on him and hopeful, hopeful, hoping that a change of scenery from L.A. would do him some good. He played very well in the preseason. Week one against Arizona, he wasn't bad. And then 
Monday night, he got eaten alive by Olivier Vernon, got called for a couple of holding penalties, got beat for some sacks. So, yeah, if I'm the Falcons, I'm definitely sending a couple of guys his way um, on Sunday afternoon, and we'll, and we'll see. The Lions' defense, you know, Jared Davis in the middle, the linebacker, the rookie that they took in the first round, uh, concussed right now, didn't practice today. We'll see how that goes. But Darius Slay on Julio Jones will be very, very fun to watch. Uh, Slay's, you know, I think he's playing with a little chip on his shoulder. A lot of people not calling him a top 10 corner in this league. And he, he's special. He, the, the Lions secondary right now, especially when Miles Killebrew, the second-year player, is out there, Lions secondary has done a nice job. They didn't let David Johnson run wild in week one. I know Odell Beckham Jr. is not 100% healthy, but he didn't really get loose in game two. So um, it's a good matchup. The Lions defense right now is playing pretty well. Yeah, um, I know Falcon fans have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder just because they feel like Desmond Trufant doesn't get quite as much national recognition as he deserves. He he came in that Sunday night game, had two turnovers, a fumble recovery for a touchdown and an interception. So that helped him get him a little bit of a national spotlight. I think Slay is a similar player. I think those two guys are two of the more underrated top-end corners. And I, it's going to be interesting, I agree with you, that the Slay versus Julio matchup. But I imagine the Lions, having a player like Slay, will use him to sort of shadow Julio and, and give him a little bit of safety help to, to sort of prevent uh, you know those uh, few occasions where Julio is going to you know be Julio Jones and, and beat you. But I, I do think Slay and, and Julio Jones can definitely go toe-to-toe. And I think uh, Slay is certainly a good enough player to hold his own. I guess for me, the real question with the Lions secondary is not necessarily Darius Slay. It's going to be if the Falcons go back to that offense that they were often last year and look like they were in week two, which they can spread the football around. Um, will it be the other Falcons receivers against the other Lions corners and the other Lions safeties that uh, do a lot more damage than maybe Julio Jones against uh, Darius Slay? Well, here's the other thing, too, uh, Aaron, is that for the last couple of years and a little bit the other night when the Lions had a breakdown on the Evan Ingram touchdown, but the Lions have not guarded tight ends in the passing game very well. I know Hooper had that big play against the Bears, right? That was the the long touchdown, Austin Hooper. So tell me about their usage of the tight end so far because that could be a place where the Falcons could make some hay. Yeah, it's interesting because that that first Bears game, Hooper had a, didn't have a single target for the first 47 minutes of that game, and then he had that big touchdown catch where he threw that vicious stiff arm on an 88-yard touchdown uh, on a coverage bust by and large by the Bears where he was just basically wide open, you know, 40 yards down the field. Um, and then he had another big play uh, for 40 yards where, he, again, he, he showed his uh, Walter Payton-esque stiff-arming skills and, uh, you know, broke for a 40-yard gain. Those were his only two catches. And then he had a pretty quiet performance against Green Bay. You know, that that performance in Week 1 sort of raised the expectations for him a little bit, probably a little bit too high. Um, He's a first-year starter. He's flashed potential quite a bit, but he hasn't quite integrated himself fully to be as on par with some of the, the, the Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu and Taylor Gabriel types that are sort of the, the first options for Matt Ryan in this offense. So it's going to be interesting 
given the weaknesses that the Bears have at the linebacker position, especially now that Jared Davis is dealing with a concussion, whether or not the Falcons are going to try to feature Hooper a lot more this week as well, in addition to their running backs with Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman. Um, you know, they like to split those guys out wide. They love getting those one-on-one matchups with a linebacker. And I think those are matchups that the Falcons should feel pretty confident that they'll be able to exploit this week. Is there any place that the Lions, like you said, exploit? Is there anything that the Falcons over the first couple of weeks have looked weak in any department, special teams, somewhere on defense, somewhere on offense? I told you where the Lions are. I think left tackle is is by far the biggest problem. Uh, Special teams have been good. Uh, you know, defense has been good. The pass rush has been better than, than, than we thought. Running game is still, you know, a work in progress. But what about for the, uh, for the Falcons? Yeah, I think the offensive line is right now, if you're looking at their performance over these first two games, the offensive line has to be the biggest weakness, the biggest concern right now. They have a, a new starter at right guard in Wes Schweitzer. Um, right tackle Ryan Schrader went down with a concussion. Uh, against the Packers on the opening drive. His status is up in the air for this upcoming week, but given he's in the concussion protocol at this point in time, the assumption, the safe assumption is he won't play this weekend. And if he doesn't play this weekend, I think um, his replacement in Ty Sambrello kind of struggled against the Packers last week uh, with Clay Matthews and and giving up a a couple of sacks and a couple of pressures and not really being a factor in the run game. He'll have to, if he's going to start in Schrader's stead, he's going to have to step up his game pretty big. They brought in Austin Pastor, who played with the Browns last year, uh, started at for them at right tackle. So he's an option as well to potentially replace Schrader. But that is an area of the roster where that right side of their offensive line uh, with Schweitzer and, and whoever replaces Schrader potentially um, is an area of, of weakness. And that's something that I do think the Lions, if they're smart, can you know move Ziggy Ansah around a little bit to sort of use him in a like a Michael Bennett esque fashion, which play him inside, play him outside, get him some uh, favorable matchups against some of the Falcons' lesser offensive linemen, and let him go to town, similar to what he did against Eric Flowers, and and see if that's a way that they can sort of slow down this Falcons' offense. If if Ziggy Ansah and guys like Haloti Nata and and Ashawn Robinson and all those guys are just feasting. On, on sort of the weaker parts of the Falcons' offensive line and, and really sort of uh, limiting all the things that the Falcons could do offensively. So what do you think? Are you picking the Falcons to win? Yes, I, I am confident in the Falcons. I do think the Lions could keep this com- close and competitive for two, maybe three quarters, but I just think the Falcons have a little bit too much firepower um, that will uh, eventually assert itself and, and the matchup sort of favor them. Um, but uh, you never know if... if, if the Fo- on the road, the Falcons get to get off to a, a little bit of a slow start. Um, I think the Lions will sort of hope that they can get a couple of uh, big plays. Uh, the Falcons haven't been tackling particularly well these last two weeks, so getting guys like Abdullah and Golden Tate in space, if, if guys are missing tackles, could certainly be valuable and, and hope that maybe a couple of turnovers will uh, slow down the Falcons' offense as well. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think that uh, I might be with you on this one. I, if you went through the first three games of the Lions' schedule and said home to Arizona, a team that, that thought going into the season would bounce back after a bad year last year with a lot of talent still, at the Giants for Monday Night Football, an 11-win team last year, and you know, when was the last time the Lions went on the road against a really good team? I know they beat the Saints a couple of years ago on Monday night. That was kind of a waste December, two bad teams game. But would they go on the road and win in New York, which they did. So if you said, hey, I'll give you the Lions going 2-1 and one in their first three games, I think you would take it. So I think the Lions are going to be right in this thing. I think it's going to be a good game. And you're right. 
to me the class of of the NFL right now, not just the AFC or NFC, is Atlanta. I just think you guys are loaded, and um, I think it just might be too much for Detroit. And the speed you have on defense, too, and all those young guys flying around, I think the Lions could play a good game, but you know, I, I think the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons right now are one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL. Yeah. I would concur with that, uh, Matt. So, uh, yeah, I think I think this is a game that's certainly in the Falcons' favor, but I do think the Lions are an up-and-coming team and, and certainly won't back down from the challenge of, of trying to sort of uh, uh, show up the Falcons. You know, one of the things that we knew going into the season with the Falcons coming off that Super Bowl loss is they would be looked upon like you just described them as the class of the NFC, and, and they would get teams' best shot. We saw that against Chicago. Um, I think Packers fans would maybe not say that was the best shot Green Bay potentially had in that game. But uh, I, I do think the Lions will probably give them their best shot and, and really sort of challenge them. And uh, the Falcons, it just won't be a, a win that they can coast through. Aaron, this was fun. Thanks for having me on, my friend. All right, man. I will talk to you later. Oh, man, that was a lot of fun. There he is, Aaron Freeman, in our Locked On Lions, Locked On Falcons crossover podcast. Aaron hosting Locked On Falcons does a very, very good job, and we appreciate his time. And we'll be on his show as well, a little crossover podcast. Man, the Falcons are scary. They really are. And they had a little bit of a scare in week one, didn't play their best game against the Bears. But then Sunday night, opening up that new stadium uh, against the Packers, they opened up a can and just whooped on Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay and put that game away very, very early on. So uh, this will be a very, very tough matchup for the Lions, certainly on Sunday. We talked about it earlier. The injury to Jared Davis uh, has to be a little bit of a concern if you are the Lions, because you know you you, you got to have you know you got to have Jared Davis on the field. Another guy you have to have on the field is Matthew Stafford. And let me tell you about Lenhart Financial Services. What's it like to have LFS on your personal finance team? Well, it's kind of like having that polished, experienced veteran quarterback under center. I mean, this guy's going to be a real field marshal. March your team down the field. Stay cool in the pocket. Make sure the game is on track. Poised, confident like Stafford. He's probably good looking, too. Just like Tim Lenhart and Matt Stafford. They're the best-looking guys that are getting it done on the field in Detroit. Lenhart Financial Services and my man, Tim, like that winning quarterback, they're ready to bark out the signals, set your team up for that game-winning drive. Tim and the team can help work you toward making the most out of your savings, whether it's for retirement, income generation, or even paying for college. They'll draw up the play, put it in motion, get you moving toward the end zone. So give Tim Lenhart a call. Lenhart Financial Services, 313-417-3805. Start changing your fortunes today or check them out online at Lenhard, L-E-N-H-A-R-D-F-S dot com. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FDIC, SIPC. So we want to thank Lenhard Financial Services for joining us on the podcast today and sponsoring today's podcast. Thanks to Freddie the Pizza Man. Freddie's Pizza in Melvindale, best slice. Get like a couple of slices and a pop for like four ninety five. You can't beat that. And the goulash is amazing. Amazing. Check them out online at Freddy, F-R-E-D-I, thepizzaman.com. Thanks as well to Aaron Freeman, A-A-Ron, Freeman from Locked on Falcons. Hope you enjoy today, uh, today's podcast, everybody. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you Bye, wedding ceremony. 
Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.